You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and check us out online at beardedtheologians.com. Listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. This week we've asked our um, spouses to come on and um, we've asked them to um, uh, give some tips for um, receiving clergy spouses. Um, Michael and Zach uh, just moved uh, last year and uh, Ashley and I are in the process of moving again. And so they have some experience in this and um, it, we feel like it'd be a good thing for them to share. And so um, we'll let you share some tips for uh, receiving clergy spouses and or families. Okay, so, oh, so you're first. <laughs> yes, I'm first. Um, <laughs> uh, so our last appointment was a little bit different because we have two churches. And so I think that that caused a little bit of confusion and uncertainty into how we would be welcome. So I'm, I don't think that it was pretty typical. But one of the things that I really appreciated from um, another pastor's wife is when we moved in, she gave me a sheet of important information like um, doctor's phone numbers, where she gets a haircut, dentist, all those types of places where I really appreciate that. So I don't have to try to figure all of that out on my own. So that was always, that's a good thing to do for incoming clergy and their families. Um, I think the biggest tip that helped us was just making sure you have enough people to help unload. I mean, we had beds set up in the right places before everyone left so that we didn't have to try to worry about that, just the two of us trying to get everything mm -hmm. in place to where we could even get to sleep that night. So we really appreciated those types of things of that thoughtfulness in, in that area. And I'm trying to think of what would be a great tip for, you know, when you when you take on a new appointment, you know, I think it's always just remember that the spouse has probably just given up their job. They've just given up their church home and everything that they know, and they're, they're being planted somewhere new. So just give them a little bit of grace in that area. Um, they're probably going to be looking for a job. If you want to help them guide them that way, that would be amazing. <laughs> Since if you usually move to a place that you've never been before, you don't know what opportunities are out there. You don't know what are options. Um, if you have contacts, networking is a great way to get jobs. And if you don't have that, it makes it more complicated. Um, and I think probably the best thing that I've experienced when I first came into a church is that they basically, the church themselves had no expectations out of me, which meant I kind of carved my own place. You know, I found where my niche was, but they didn't have an expectation. Um, and that's something I think that to me, that's the giving grace part. If you don't really have any expectations of where they're going to be and what involvements they're going to have, you, you give them the opportunity to pick where they want to be and what Sunday school class they want to go to and what things they want to be a part of um, instead of the expectation of, oh, you're a clergy spouse, so you get to run our kids now. Um, it, it it's just like I said, giving them grace to kind of get planted into the church to figure out where they need to be and where they want to be and 
can make the transition as smooth and less stressful because it can be really stressful to start a new place and if you're like me and you're shy it's hard to just jump in there and talk to everybody you just you need to find your space and you need to do it on your own terms and your own way of doing it and i would add to that and say an invitation goes a long way Mm -hmm. to an SNU school, to an invitation to say, hey, you're free to join us. I don't know what you're doing at this time, but you're free to join our SNU school class. Mm -hmm. Or, and this goes to even visitors, not just for clergy family, but to not assume that we know what's going on. Um, yes. There's been activities that we've had this year that I've been kind of, oh, are you going to be a part of this? And I'm like, I don't even know no, what, what you're, talking. you're talking about. I mean, tell me what this is. I have no idea. Why would I know? <laughs> I've not been here in the past. I mean, those types of things, even special holidays and how you mm -hmm. celebrate them, don't assume that we know because it's different everywhere we go and we've not been there. And it's not like we're in those meetings that they're in where they're getting kind of a lowdown on stuff. And don't assume they're going to tell us all right. those details <laughs> because they don't think to tell us because they generally start assuming we know too. Been there. Or I just say, did you check the email? <laughs> no, <laughs> there are many conversations where you just go, oh yeah, I never told Ashley about that. And, and there like, was a, a long, <laughs> several months before I got added to our church's texting tree. Oh wow. They didn't think to add me to that and I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know there was such a thing. And so he'd be like, oh, it was on the text. I don't, what text? <laughs> uh, has there been anything like special you've done with your kids um, as you guys have made those moves or have kind of helped them make that transition as well? Well, one of the things we really stress with our kids, and of course we've moved a lot in the past several years. He's always in her third elementary school and she's in the fourth grade. So they're experiencing this, but one Thank thing we more. do, um, really stress is you're each other's friends you're each other's best friends most of the time and um, so reminding them of that that you have each other in this that it's not just one of you it's three of you going through this together and so that helps um when we move we typically try to have the kids at grandparents or someplace you know they're having fun with their cousins and their grandparents and their aunt and uncles and we try to get the house in order so that when they come home they see their things already in their rooms their furniture's already set up their beds are already made and so they're coming into a home and not just a house that's kind of in a wreck that um they're trying to figure it out that they can immediately see their toys and go play and then we just try to really make it's bored out of exploring where our new, where we're at, our new place. You know, this is exciting. Look at all the new exciting things that we can do here now. And that's how we really sold moving here this past time because, you know, Zoe, our oldest, did not really, wasn't digging it. And but we were able to tell her, we'll get to go hiking and we're close to camp and there's a lot of things that we can do and it'll be a lot of fun. And that helped her get excited about transition rather than fear it yeah one thing that we did this round that we haven't done previously because i think to me th this is the first time the girls my our girls are old enough in my opinion but we had them go with us for that initial visit so they got to see the parsonage and the church when we're seeing it for the first time in the past we'd always kind of you know 
we took care of all that. And then, yeah, we had them show up once we pretty much moved and they never saw anything, but they were, they were little, um, up until now, but this, and I think it's made a difference and an impact at least with Laura. Um, cause she's the most nervous about starting a new school cause she's had the I'm new. And so kids treat me not so nice already in the past. So she's a little nervous. It's going to happen again. Um, but I think her getting actually see where her bedroom's going to be and see their new backyard. She's gotten a lot more excited about it this time around because we've been, but like I said, I, this is the first year I felt like they were old enough, um, to really be a part of it at this point ahead of it to get them more excited. Well, and they're also quasi familiar with where we're moving to too, because that's mm-hmm. one of the places that we shop and frequent. It's 30 um, minutes from here. <laughs> so, I mean, we're literally like 22 <laughs> minutes from here to the next, to our next church. And so, um, it, it was a little bit easier, but also, you know, so I'm thinking about um, the transition and kind of what, what churches can do for you. Um, if you could, if you could pick one thing or um, um, have one thing that the church did for you before you got there to help that transition, what, what might that be? Like in our past moves? <laughs> no, no, in, in this, in this, in the current, one. yeah. Yeah, in the uh, current one. Because realize that a, a lot of people will be listening to this that will either be moving in June or July, and this would be great for churches to hear, um, and some have in the past, um, yeah. to hear what are some suggestions for clergy spouses, because we do, we, we do a really good job of telling churches how to receive clergy. Mm-hmm. We do a horrible job of telling them how to receive families. And so one of the things I'm hoping that we can do with this, and I know we've been, um, I know for the last like, you know, two years that we've been doing this, we've, um, we've had you all on to share some kind of insights to the clergy spouse life. So that way people can see that because there isn't much out there for people to get to know what goes on in a clergy spouse. And we are kind of like, I always say it's a forgotten ministry or we're, not talked about much. I mean, I think we were even talking last night about how that, you know, there's a pastor appreciation month. Cause like, that's funny. There's not pastor's wife appreciation. month. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's nothing that ever acknowledges our, our part. But uh, the thing is, is every clergy spouse is different. You can't really say this is the one way to receive a spouse because some, you know, they have their life and they're still making their life work, even though they're moving and some are embracing all the changes and some are wanting to do ministry too. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really personal. I think the best thing would be just to welcome them, you know, acknowledge their presence, be kind to them and acknowledge that you're glad that they're there. And like you were saying with the invitation, I mean, I remember in our first appointment before the first UMW meeting, I had a personal invitation to, hey, if you want to, we would love to have you at UMW at this time. And that was the reason why I showed up. And then I loved that group and I was very much a part of that. And it was a very big part of my involvement in that church, but it all started with an invitation. And it was just, you know, a general invitation and just, and I think that's probably to approach it. Cause like I said, every spouse is going to have their presence in the church be different. And I do think the big thing to remember is just because the spouse previously did this for the church doesn't mean the incoming spouse is the same person. (laughs) Um, Just because I did this here doesn't mean whoever comes behind me is going to do the same thing I did or 
whatever. I mean, I'm just saying we're all different people and we all have our different um, places in the church. And some of us have kids and some of us don't have kids. And so that's going to really affect what we do in the church. Mm -hmm. My priority right now are my kids. And so if I was, my kids were older, then that would be different. I would be able to do more. But right now it's been adjusting my kids. But going back to the question of, you know, before you move, for me, what would have been helpful was just a simple act of maybe finding me on Facebook and giving me a friend request so that I know people before I step into the church and then making the point when we do move to come up and say, Hey, I'm so-and-so we're friends on Facebook. So I can put a face to what I see on Facebook. I mean, that's something that's easy. I would imagine that most pastor spouses would be willing to accept that. Some people might not, but, um, that's always a good start. That's a good introduction. Sending them a message. I, I, we got a nice, I got a nice card from the UMW at our small church until Rosa before we moved that just said, you know, we've been praying for you. We've been praying for your kids. We're excited for you to come. And so that meant a lot to me knowing that they're anticipating us coming. They're excited that we're going to be there. And so that, that helped me a lot. I was excited to go to that church and meet those ladies who signed those, that card. Mm-hmm. So those just simple little acts to say, I want to get to know you. I'm glad you're going to be here. I'm help, I will help you in any way that I can, whatever that looks like. Well, and that card is why I asked the question because it, it made it, it made a big difference for me knowing that, um, knowing that they were paying attention to who's coming in. Uh, and it's really funny. They, they wrote the card <clears throat> uh, because they listened to last year's podcast with you guys on it and, and heard some of things. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, they actually played it or were going to play yeah. it during their UNW meeting. Yeah. They used That's that awesome. as a lesson for the day yeah. and said, well, we got to do something. Uh, and the card wasn't addressed to me. It was addressed to Michael and the kids. And um, mm. it was actually a hand-drawn card for one yeah, of the members. I, I mean, it painted. was, yeah. Um, and that made, a, that made a big difference for me coming in, uh, just in all of that transition of, all right, this is going to be okay. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're in tune with not only me coming in, but with Michael and the kids. Um, and that, that, that makes a big difference. Um, and that church has carried on. Uh, both both campuses do a pretty good job. But um, I'm at this one later in the day uh, on like Sundays and stuff, doing Bible studies, and um, <clears throat> they're very very good about no go home. <laughs> you know, Michael and the kids are at home. They're very cautious of my time for me, um, and when they need to be and feel like they need to be, uh, they're very very good about that. And they've kept kind of that that trend going through. So it's neat to see. You know, um, one of the things I always struggle with from year to year is uh, recognizing um, mothers. I always have. It's not something that has been more recent given my situation. It's something. Um, what is one thing that you would suggest? Because um, both of you, I, I know Ashley's been in the church at different frames in her life in the sense of, you know, not having kids and, and having kids and, and all that stuff. What are some things that you would suggest a church do for mothers on Mother's Day? 
I mean, the overall point when churches are usually acknowledging Mother's Day is just an appreciation factor and just acknowledging that we appreciate you and all that you do. One thing that you have a tendency to do, and you do it on Father's Day type stuff as well, is acknowledging that while people in the church may not have kids for one reason or another, doesn't mean they don't have necessarily an impact on someone else. So for all those who mother us, even if they're not our mothers, we appreciate you as well. I mean, I think that's kind of the purpose, in my personal opinion, for that in the church, if we're going to acknowledge it, is just acknowledging that we appreciate you and we acknowledge that you do a lot and I'm grateful for that kind of thing. One of the things one of our churches did, and this was back when we were having babies, was acknowledge new mothers and their children in, in the way that like they would have all babies born in the past year come up with their moms mm. and then they were gifted with a little like a little baby yeah, bible like the precious moments huh? yeah and so and then there was like a rose on the altar for each child that was just left up there and so i thought that was a neat way of of initiating someone into motherhood yeah and to really i mean it's it's a scary year that they've just been through. And so I, I really like that. I just, I think it's meaningful for young moms to do that. And again, with what you said of, of just acknowledging, just mm -hmm. that, just acknowledgement goes a long ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They did both, uh, right? They always had something else for yeah. all of the women in the church uh, who were mothers or aunts or mother figures. Yeah, it was all women. Like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We kind of touched a little bit about it, but is, what what is, you know, something that you want to continue to share about being a clergy spouse that you would like the world to kind of know and understand? I know we've touched a little bit about that, but we, we're talking more about moving, but this time I want you to, you know, kind of still talk about your experience as a clergy spouse, you know, something maybe you want to continue to maybe have out there for the world to, to try to know and understand. <laughs> and to frame that the world he means like our four viewers. <laughs> Yeah, you usually have more when we're on. Yes. <laughs> I think the biggest thing you remember about clergy spouses is just that, at least in the United Methodist Church, the fact that we do get moved around, we, we sacrifice a lot. And I don't think people think about that because I think often when you're in a situation where you're losing and gaining you know, clergy, you forget that the spouse and the family have just given up everything to go to a new move. And that's a huge sacrifice. I mean, I know quite a few people who are not willing to sacrifice their jobs to do something like this. And for us to do that, I think it just, it's something to remember. Remember that when you're talking to them, you know, like I said, people have a tendency to kind of forget how much we're going through because they're coping with what they're going through. They're coping with the loss and the gain and the change. And we're forgetting that we're sacrificing our entire life you're getting a new pastor. <laughs> I just got my, I gave up my job. I'm giving up my ministry. I'm giving up everything that I've been doing for the last three years to start something brand new in a place that I don't know anybody. So, I mean, if we remember that, then maybe how you approach them, you'll um, maybe treat them a little differently, <laughs> talk to them a little differently, um, give a little bit more grace, a little bit more warmth, when you're talking to them, there's a lot of sacrifice that we're doing and that I'm grateful to do it and I'm willing to do it. And I, I said, I'm going to do this journey with Matt and I'm happy to do that, but it doesn't make it easy. It's still hard. It's still hard to give up what you've been doing and to start brand new and start all over again. So 
don't remember anything. Remember we exist. <laughs> I think I did. I think I said that a year ago. We exist. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're people too. We have emotions and feelings and we're sacrificing our entire lives to do what we do with our spouse. And so that's something I think if people remember that you probably would go and have a different conversation with the spouse than you would forgetting their side of it. <laughs> so, and then yes, I have to realize that the other people are also going through a big change and that's hard for them too. And I acknowledge that, but. And I would add to that, that not only acknowledge that, but acknowledge our humanity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Zach experiences, I know that that Matt experiences it, that we're not always humanized. We're, a staff member or whatever, and we're not so much a father first or a husband or even a man. There's an expectation there that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. But also, um, and you know, you said this that you, you, especially if you are not such an extrovert, that it's really, really difficult. And you know, people expect, well, the pastor wife will just come in here and speak to everybody and then remember <laughs> things within like a week and you know, it's all good. And if they don't, then they're horrible and I never want to speak to them again. Mm -hmm. But this isn't everyone's experience, but for mine, I haven't worked everywhere that I've gone to. And so the people that I know in my new town are solely the people that I've met at church mm -hmm. and I don't have another pool to, at the beginning to really pull from. And so if the church isn't going to be welcoming and understanding and speak to me and remind me of their names when I see them for the fourth time and I don't remember what their name is, if they're not willing to, to work with me a little bit in that, then our time here in this new place isn't going to be great. And again, I'm not saying that it's their full responsibility, but just to acknowledge that, that there's a lot more of you than there are of me. <laughs> and you might need to just help me out a little bit, please. That's where Facebook has been a great help for me. If I have friends with them on Facebook, I get that picture in the name all at the same time. <laughs> That's what I say. Add us on Facebook. Don't be shy. Don't be like, I don't know if they want me to. Just do it. If we don't want you to, then we'll just follow you. <laughs> um, as we bring this one to a close, uh, we want to encourage you to um, support um, clergy spouses uh, because they're going through a lot um, if they're in a season of transition or change. And Realize that um, as they're sitting there in your pews, um, they need the love that you give your pastor um, just as much as you give them because they're going through a lot, um, whether it's a pastoral change or if they're just sitting in the pew and they've been there for, for a while. Um, they still need your love and care and support and prayers because um, being a clergy spouse is not easy. Um, and so uh, please, please, please find ways to support your spouses just as much as you do your pastor. That's, that's important. We want to encourage you to um, like our stuff, uh, subscribe to our YouTube page, subscribe to our iTunes or Google Play, and listen to the podcast, and uh, keep sharing or you know, and buying uh, some really great coffee mugs or stickers or all that great stuff that we have. Uh, we will be doing um, some live stuff um, at the end of May, first uh, of June, in Las Cruces, and so we're kind of excited about that as we get ready for that. Um, and um, We've got some just kind of great stuff planned. And so for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. And I'm Zach Bechtold. Happy Mother's Day. 
Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and we hope that you share our content online uh, through Facebook and social media, and we hope that you check out our uh, Beardcast store at beardedtheologians.com and pick up some great Bearded Theologians gear. We hope you have a good day. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. <laughs> Dang it. It's just like, jumped. you can't do that. <laughs> so you're about to start. Okay. Let's get Sorry, Zach gets it because he knows I just kind of, and then I jump in. Well, he goes away for a minute and then he comes back. <laughs> you're crap on me. <sighs> okay. Take a drink. You won't be able to once we're rolling. I'm, I'm good. <sighs> okay. We're actually already rolling. <laughs> That's okay. I'm editing some of this. Yeah. Let's see if there's his recording. Usually what that means. You're listening to the video. Wait, wait, hold on. What's the question? <laughs> 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 yeah, this is why it takes us an hour to do a <laughs> 15 minute podcast. <sighs> no, no fun tagline. I was hoping for it. It was happy tagline. Mother's Day. <laughs>